Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Wednesday, the 29th of January, 2020, and it is 10.30 in the morning as we begin recording here. It's, it's been a while since we sat down together, and we've got a lot of ground to cover, and we're going to get right to it. We uh, will have Dwight Burgess, the longtime crew, forever crew broadcaster, up until, what, Friday? Monday. <laughs> up until Monday, joining us on the program to bid his uh, adieu of sorts. And, and we'll get to that in just a minute. First, the news. I had a column today, which was, you know, I am Mike Arace, the host of this program, and Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writers here, and the striker. The shield and the striker. The shield. There we go. Uh, Kyle Robertson at K Rob Photo is here with us as well. So it's good to have the whole gang back well, we together. We come up with an S name for you then, right? Yeah. There's Our plenty, appropriate one, right? There's, Shield, there's Striker. Plenty, there's plenty of ass nicknames for me. <laughs> but the news of the day, and it caused, I guess, a bit of a stir. Uh, the pot is still roiling uh, as we speak. Easy. I reported that according to a number of sources, and I mean multiple sources, that the team was uh, considering a, a major rebranding that could even include the name and the colors and the logo as they prepare to move into a new stadium next year. I spoke with a spokesman for the team and asked him for a response. At first, there was kind of a soft denial, and then I asked again for a response, and the response was as follows, quote, as part of the process of building the future identity and brand for the club, we have engaged in dialogue about the historic projects underway. Turn to page C4. You're a legacy man. From the evolution of the league's first soccer-specific stadium, to the Experience Center in the short north. Is that open yet, Jacob? They're aiming for the opening weekend, some type of opening. All right, you know you have a cough button on your box. To the Experience Center in the short north, to what the new downtown stadium will look like, it is seemingly prudent to evaluate how our supporters and new fans would interact with them. This club has been a vital part of the community for nearly 25 years, and so any explorations of the identity of the projects must be done with the spirit of the past and what we believe the club can achieve in the next 25 years. That was the original <laughs> statement. Jacob has received word from up the chain of crew command this morning. What was the com that conversation like, Jacob, or what was the nut of it? Yeah, I think it sounded like they might come out with some type of statement either today or, or soon, just maybe giving more context to this. I think, you know, we had heard kind of the same things a while ago, um, Mike, and we were talking all day yesterday. The thing that, as you wrote in there, they the fact that they had discussions about the change of the name or the colors, it's not to the extent of which, I mean, we went back and forth, or really it was just me, of like how big of a change of the colors it would be, what color it would be, and, and you told me that's kind of missing the point. The, the news is that they had these discussions, and, you know, I think moving forward past the Save the Crew pre-core era, it's fine, and you wrote, they're in their right to have those types of discussions, but they need to keep the colors and the name the crew as people of online have said like it seems like that would turn a lot of people away if they change those things well yeah as one source said to me if you lose five thousand and you get ten thousand well it's worth it paraphrasing some of the scuttlebutt and as we all talk this through and any number of phone calls and i'm not talking about it with you because we spoke about this subject just briefly once yesterday yeah but you know it's been around for so long and when you think about that sacrificing 5,000 and I'm not saying they're doing this but uh, that was sort of the gist of things as was presented to me by a couple people. Um, you think about the 5,000 people that they're 
alienating, for lack of a better phrase. And those are the people that save this team, care about its history, its traditions, and its colors, and know full well how the last rebranding went, Kyle. I just periwinkle yeah, shorts, yeah. baby. <laughs> By the way, Kyle has a periwinkle sweatshirt on yeah. today. Hey, I was there when they walked uh, walked into City Hall wearing those unis. So, <laughs> what was that like? Poor oh, Columbus, yeah. Poor Columbus. I, I just think it's kind of crazy. They think that if they sacrifice five, they can get ten. I mean, this is a well, this is a market that's been you know pretty hard to get you know numbers and people to continually come and you know I I think that's kind of well they have a running. Uh, professional operation now and it's it's been some time since they've had that as well to give credit right. where it's due but this isn't this isn't the pro football i mean this is this is this is different i mean the fan base is a lot less than you know professional yeah. that they're you know from the you're talking about from cleveland if some of the people are coming down from cleveland kind of helping out with the pr kind of stuff but just think you're, it's, talk, you're saying jimmy's messing with this uh, no i'm what, just what no i'm just saying that <laughs> soccer is a different like I don't know. I get you. Just, (laughs) Jacob, even the thought of not recognizing the history. I mean, the theme of of the Save the Crew movement was, well, (laughs) Save the Crew. And the theme of it was respect your roots. And the fans who did save the team, they have a healthy respect for the roots of this club because they've been here throughout. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't sound like they have been kept in the loop as much as maybe they had thought of when this ownership and front office kind of took over. They definitely were at the beginning with the focus groups for the stadium and stuff, but I mean, to the point of we saw the visceral reaction on social media today when this news came out, it just seems like it caught people off guard. And the crew was kind of caught off guard as well, um, and they've they've answered in kind. It's clear they've been reaching out and suggesting or imploring people, imploring that uh, the scope of this rebranding is much smaller than how it was presented by me in my column. From from what I heard, and and right, we had just said the news was they had these discussions. That is not disputable. These were discussions being had. But it sounds like, you know, especially listening to these people they should have listened to from the beginning, I, I doubt that they would really be do a huge overhaul of the name or the colors because that I mean that's sacred to these fans who the only reason this club is here is because the fans without the fans there would be no Alex Fisher and there would have been no Haslam's well Kyle you're a hexagonal seam head do you pay you pay a lot of attention to jerseys around the world there have been no, there have no, been some I mean well there's been some there is yeah. there is this this uh, corner of of uh, supporter culture where you know because all they have is the jerseys, you know right. what I mean? It's not like you're going to get Luis Diaz's baseball glove, you know. But no, but I think you. But if, there if have you, been right. there have been hints about a little red or a little right. a little gold gray sneaking in there, silver of late. I mean, to to me, I think the you know this the branding side of things falls third. I think the experience going to a game is huge for for fans, and I think the product on the field is going to be huge so and then to me, to, those are the those are the two main things like how are you going to attract more people well have a, a you know new experience aka the stadium and then b field a team a competitive team that you want to come out and watch and say oh so and so is playing i must see him like they haven't had you know in a long time someone that you want the fringe soccer fans gonna say hey let's go see this guy play let's on a like a single game like oh i want to go see soccer let's go you know, and maybe that, you know, the new signings, you know, one of those guys, you know, maybe I guess Lucas is your guy. But to me, that's the thing is they have to hit those fringe soccer fans 
that have played high school soccer that like soccer and how to get them to the stadium. And I don't think a new kid or a new colors or a new jersey or logo or a name is going to get those fans right. there. You can always spice it up. I mean, of course, yeah. I wasn't around when they yeah. did this rebranding, but like, I, I like the yeah. crest now. I think yeah. a lot of people Take do. Take the SC out right. of there. I don't like that. Yeah, Just, like that. I mean, there were some right. people right within the fan base that thought that was like the worst day right. of their life when they put the SC and on it's, there. The crest, the logo right. isn't bad. Just get if you get the SC. Well, out I mean, of why can't they do something like the jackets? They have a third jersey that they you know wear for a couple they, times. They roll that, out. They roll out different jerseys. Right. I mean, but but I'm saying like, I, why don't you switch it up? And they're just, doing that this year with the 25th anniversary. Right. The numbers are changed and stuff. Right. Like that. Yeah. All that said, it is certainly fair that and expected that the new ownership group, which has invested heavily in the team and in the stadium and in the city, would want to mark time with the new era that will begin with the opening of the stadium in the Arena District. We got a naming sponsor yet? No, I, not yet. I can't keep track of those things anyway. Like, Kyle, what's what's the arena in, in Anaheim named? No idea. Last I had heard... Staples. <laughs> Last I had heard, maybe a year. Usually, these things are about a year out, so maybe sometime in the summer we can hear stuff. But on we'll that. see. And, and viva yo! But just in my own defense, I had heard too much for too long about a major overhaul, and I and and I knew, and a lot of other people knew, and any dope could surmise that uh, a major rebranding where you're messing around with the colors, for instance, um, or the name. Right. Uh, would not sit well with the people who've been here for a long time and who put their blood, sweat, and tears into saving saving the franchise. But also, I'll say, like, don't you think like that, like, if you're going to take over a team and get in a new stadium, you have to do a complete look on the whole entire organization from top to bottom, look at everything, and, you know, get all the information back and then decide. Yeah, I um, mean, I think you should yeah, kind of do that at process. any time. Yeah, they're in the process. I think you could do that at any time but to do this drastic of an overhaul i mean you're talking completely changing right. the entire identity of a 25 year old franchise yeah. that's huge well there you go you know i'm sure they'll do a good job with it i wasn't sure yesterday but i'm a little sure today yeah i, I think we'll hear kind of some defense from had the crew to be aired out that was yeah. my that was my call no you i needed to be aired out yep. you made a good call yep okay. i, th- I think we'll Jacob. hear from the crew ownership that or just not maybe not the ownership but the crew in general um some more details to get get out in the public on this matter. It's at least we we're having this conversation now, and I think the team's responding well to it. So we'll leave we'll leave it there for now. Should we change our podcast name? <laughs> no way. That was Tom Reed. Came no, out. I like the name, yeah. but I mean, who are you? We're into this new era with me on the show. Maybe we should. What are you? Beehazlum or what? <laughs> Let's get on to talk about that's the, a joke. The yellow yeah. soccer team. We got news though, right? We haven't talked about a well, few. <laughs> well, Dwight is is news, and we're, we'll get to that conversation in a minute. But also a significant acquisition on Monday as well. Yeah, I found out Friday night as I was leaving the gym, and then promptly getting an extra large pizza at Granddad's. No one Grandview. cares. No one cares. Just get to this. Get to Granddad's the point. is good. Fernando, there's no good. Fernando Adi is coming back, or, or he is back now, officially signed by. I found out Friday night. Um, after the athletic had reported it, that he is rejoining uh, Caleb Porter at, with the crew. So, you know they they have been searching for a number two who could who was a proven goal scorer, and you know certainly there are a lot of questions after his year, basically half a year in Cincinnati. But 
the big thing about this acquisition is he had two million. He was making two million dollars according to the players union salary database, and the crew Guaranteed, are paying. Yeah. yeah, and the crew are paying pennies, is what I heard. And then the athletic reported about two hundred thousand of that. Two hundred five, I think, was the number on right. one point eight. So, and given that he was bought out by Cincinnati, so they're on the hook for the whatever's one point eight minus two hundred five. Uh, Cincinnati has bought him out, and uh, the offshoot of that, Jacob, this is correct, is that his money doesn't go on the cruise cap. Well, I twenty no, the, the two hundred thousand. Yeah, but well, not the not no, the other, not yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the one point six. Correct. So that's the only way I think the crew would have got him either. Yeah. Well, does he have his license? That well, I don't no, know. Fineda Adi, he's a six-year veteran of the league. Five years, as Jacob mentioned, in Portland with uh, Coach Caleb Porter. Um, the one year in Cincinnati. And Kyle, how did they acquire him? Uh, I believe it was a trade, right? Right it was before, a trade yeah, for before almost nine hundred thousand like, yeah. in allocation money. But then I think some went, some gam maybe went back to Portland or something. It was a so Foosball Club Cincinnati acquired. No, him that last was year. the trade with Portland. The, I thought there were some Tam and Gam to traded. Portland from Cincinnati. Not yeah. not in this one. No, no, no. I'm saying yeah, but I think Cincinnati sent them some gam. Or the trade, like okay. I think there's Tam and Gam switched back yes. and forth. So. Yes, that's yeah. correct. The best part of this, the Gerber box, is when we talk about the yeah. allocation money. Yeah. He had 54 goals and has 54 goals in 126 regular season games. Obviously, maybe not so obviously, he played on Porter's 2015 MLS Cup team with the Portland Timbers. He had 18 goals that year in 2015 when they defeated the Crew in America's first professional soccer-specific stadium for the MLS Cup. A, a sad day in, in crew history. He was, uh, as I mentioned, traded 12 appearances last year for Cincinnati, one DUI charge, uh, a number of injuries, um, and he uh, wound up filing a grievance. And one grievance right. filed by Adi with the, through, via the MLS Players Association saying uh, claiming unfair treatment. Here's a hot brew of a guy here. And he said publicly, I'm going to pronounce the name incorrectly, is it Gerard Nijkamp? Whoever the GM of Cincinnati is, he had said... I call him the GM of Cincinnati. (laughs) So Adi said about the GM of Cincinnati publicly that he thought he was a a fine, nice man, but couldn't play for him. So bringing that baggage a little bit. Now, what one of the things this does, and this will dovetail into, well, we're going to talk to Kyle about the depth chart oh and kick it around a little bit, but one thing this does do, Jacob, is it gives them potentially the type of depth at forward that is, generally speaking, rare in the league. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they had been wanting a number two for a while. Say they signed their first-round draft pick this year, they'd have Miguel Berry, J.J. Williams, and Jordan Hamilton, guys who haven't necessarily proven they can be a mm-hmm. top guy. But an audience artist, yeah. if you look at them at their best, you're talking about, you know... Absolutely. Right. Two double-digit or 20-goal scorers, right. you know, in one one position right. there. Yeah. Up to striker, where you, you kind of... Kyle yeah. will tell you, you, you kind of got to score some goals. Yeah. That's the next well, evolution it, yeah. of the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, especially with Zardes, you know, always being one of Greg's picks for the U.S. national team. I mean, if, yeah, I don't, there's no goal cup this year, so I don't know how um, fine. Uh, you know, I don't know how many games he's going to be missed, but I mean, uh, Zardes did miss a significant amount of time last year from the call ups, and I think they, I mean, we saw it, they, they de- desperately struggled to score and to get production from up top. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, so, you, what are your yeah. thoughts on this team? Uh, I mean, I think... <sighs> I mean, you said something to me yeah. Uh, yeah. before Jacob arrived. He was late yeah. again. I think it's the deepest and the deepest team they've ever had and the most talented team from top to bottom. I mean, 
looking over this roster now, I think I can honestly say that every, you know, looking at your starting 11, you have another starting quality player on the depth chart so that if anyone does go down, you have somebody that can come in and play and and, and not have that far of a drop off. So Dwayne made yeah. an interesting comment of a lot of these guys, as you said, that they have a lot of talent. How does that all fit? All the pieces to the puzzle fit chemistry wise? That That's one of the biggest questions remaining ahead of the season. But as we look at the depth chart, even I can see that this okay. seems to be a, a pretty strong yeah. team. Maybe a, a dark horse kind of candidate. They can they're gonna they could sneak up on people yeah. not only during the regular season, but you know, if I mean Greg always had his teams well prepared for the playoffs and always on the come when, when autumn rolled around. If they're like right. that, this might be a, a team to be reckoned right. with. I think also I think the other thing is that if something's not working or someone, you know, is having a bad stretch of games, they can kind of move some guys around and try to, you know, find the right combination where I don't think you've had that in the past where with injuries and um, bringing people in who you know are very far down on the depth charts I think that's going to be very interesting this year Jacob was that not one of Bezbachenko's stated goals for for the roster short and long term is to create that kind of depth where there's competition at every position yeah and I think uh, Caleb Porter said it all throughout last year and they've put that plane in motion um, for sure this year and also they have a trial list um, in camp right now as you you know look at that depth chart or if you've constructed one at home they need another winger I think yeah. they have three for two spots they have Derek Etienne Jr. in, in there right now who had some success with the Red Bulls and is he a running back yeah <laughs> let's go sounds like it let's look at the depth chart here. what do we got here you guys go ahead yeah. break that depth can, chart down well I think all yeah. right if we just start, start with the s- starters you yeah. want to start with the forward I, yeah. I always start from the back all right you can go from back Aloy Room yep. goalkeeper from left to right Milton Valenzuela Vita Wormhor yep. I think is how it's Worm. pronounced Jonathan <laughs> Mensa Harrison Awful yep. as far as right now with the two closed door friendlies in preseason it's been Artur at the sixth then Nagby at the eight and then left to right at the top yep. Santos Zellerayon and Luis Diaz who's currently with the Costa Rican nas- national team and, and then uh, Jossie Zardes who's with the U.S. men's national team so that's kind of your starters yep. and then I mean right behind it on at left back I would say Hector Jimenez or Waylon Francis and then you have you know Abubakar Keita or Josh Williams, Axel Schuberg as your number two center backs. Chris Cadden at the backup right back. Then, you know, you have Will Trapp, obviously, at a six. He and Artur, I would think, interchange quite a bit. Aiden Morris, the homegrown they recently signed, which they also signed uh, Sebastian Berhalter, so he's a backup number six. Morris more plays the eight. And then, I mean, I think they'll probably sign. Um, this is speculation, yeah. but I think they'll sign Derek Etienne. He's less than, he made less than $100,000 last year. He'd be a cheap guy who has some MLS experience and is young. He kind of gives them what they want. So he maybe being their number two, as well as Mokhtar as the number two wings. And, you know, Santos could play yep. behind Zellerayon in, in the middle. So I don't necessarily think they need a backup number 10. And then forward, you have Adi, J.J. Williams, Jordan Hamilton, and if they sign Miguel Berry. So, yeah, a lot of depth there. Well, and I think they can also, with that depth, give some of the guys who have some wear and tear and, you know, give them some days off or some you know, rest days, like the NBA likes the, the scheduled yeah. <laughs> maintenance maintenance days. So you're not leaning on all the guys, you know, throughout the whole entire season. I should mention, just to be fair, that Caleb Porter did have this team playing much better by the end of last yeah. year. They they were on the come. They, they lost just two of their final 13 games, so a lot of points there, and it, it generated hope for this year, as did, yeah. you know, the 
roster remakings. We also had a couple of homegrown signings. Jacob yeah, Aiden that, Morris, who was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. I, I think going. I think he even said it in a video the team released that they had talked before he went to Indiana of possibly calling him back after the year. And you know, he was arguably the best mm-hmm. freshman in the country. So he's a guy who I think can absolutely play a backup role this year. Um, Sebastian Burhalter kind of came off the bench more than he started at North Carolina, but I anticipate he'll probably be loaned out to a USL club and get some playing time. But, you know, they're both 18-year-olds, so... So that means we'll have three, right, with Kata. So, I mean, that's a pretty good number, um, a lot higher than you've seen in the past. Yeah, and, and Will Trapp, you know, it, look at all that right. depth there. You would think maybe one of them has moved. As as you reported, Mike, Will Trapp, there was a some type of discussions with Vancouver a while ago, and, you know, right now he's with the club, but the club has been actively kind of talking to other other teams about a possible deal uh, with Trapp, and that, that has been happening long before the start of this offseason and he's made it known you know and he certainly said publicly that he wants to go to Europe if possible too okay anything else roster wise or anything else you want to mention Jacob I know you were did you solicit questions like you said you were going to no I thought we had plenty to talk about yeah. oh, okay these editorial decisions <laughs> anything else you want to add before we get to our interview with Dwight Burgess no he's not the best right. color man in the business <laughs> for nothing folks all right that is Jacob Myers at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25 and at K Rob photo we're gonna talk now with Dwight Burgess the original crew broadcaster we're now joined by Dwight and you just have to say Dwight I think Dwight Burgess the uh, original crew broadcaster who's been with the club for 24 years and announced oh at the end of last week or over the weekend that he was stepping away from uh, behind the microphone to focus on his other job which is a coach of the men's soccer team at Wittenberg University a program on the rebound I might say I was at a practice uh, last fall and they look sharp although I don't know anything quite <laughs> um, and to also tend to his health he had a stroke as folks know and he's had to deal with some things in the aftermath he's hale and hardy he whines too much but he does have to keep an eye out for things Dwight thanks for joining us what would you like to say off the hop here to the folks in speakeasy land? In the speakeasy, I should say. You know, the past few days have been, to borrow a quote, the best of times, the worst of times. The decision becoming public and having to deal with the reality of it. And then this this just completely overwhelming outpouring of support and well wishes. Literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to follow up with everybody, but I'm going to do my best to do so. You do something that you love to do, and you do it because you love it, and you don't stop to think about the fact of what it means to others. And that's something that, you know, I carry with me, and, and that's the part that I'm I'm going to miss the most. Now, do you remember the first one, Dwight? Oh, yeah. If I said 1996, what do you conjure? Wow. Well, I remember standing outside the shoe on what was a practice field at the time, you know, watching the guys go through training trying to figure out when I spoke with Timo Lukowski, then the original head coach who spoke English but really didn't speak English, so trying to figure out how that was going to work. Jacob's um, like that. <laughs> yes, it's not a short list. And looking over the shoulder inside the shoe and thinking to myself, what in the world is this going to look like? How many people are going to show up? And then, of course, you hit opening night, and they used the lower bowl, and it's filled to the brim, and the energy and the excitement it was like, wow, for someone 
out of my generation where regardless of whether or not I ever had enough talent as a player, there wasn't any place to go professionally. There was no league in the U.S. They certainly weren't in Europe looking at American players. So to think that that day had finally arrived and to see the way it was received, it was spectacular and I'll never forget it. Dway, I you know, I wrote about it, but I think people would like to hear from your mouth just how are you feeling health-wise and what type of broadcasting do you hope to do this year? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, the doctors are really pleased. I, I think the reality, and, and I touched upon this in, in the personal announcement that I made, you know, you'll hold down a job and then it's 35, 40 weekends, potentially more. Some of the seasons have been particularly long playoffs. And there were period of there's a period of time, months, where I would be working six, sometimes seven days a week, and I just can't keep doing that. So when the you know the income generated by being the voice of the crew is great, and I wouldn't complain about it, it was not a full time job. So those kinds of things you know sort of factor into it. I have begun to network with some folks, you know, team here, team there. I've done this in the past actually. I did some games for Chicago did some playoff stuff for uh, Kansas City. So occasionally, you know, a team around the league needs somebody to fill in in the summer when there's a lot of this exhibition stuff, the international teams that come in. So, uh, you know, I've, I've let it be known that, uh, you know, kind of on an independent contract type notion that I'd love to, to fill in here or there, keep myself involved in the game. During the winter, I've done some Atlantic 10 basketball. I've done some Mac stuff in the past. So I want to continue to leave that door open, letting folks know that while I'm not looking for a full-time broadcasting position right now, that I do want to keep my, my hands or, should I say, my voice in it. Because you just, you never know. You never know what the future will hold and what opportunities might present themselves. So for now, it's it's just staying in touch and focusing on the program at WIT. Dwight, when you uh, started 24 years ago, did you ever think the MLS or even the crew would be at a point that they're at now with the rosters, the money, the the attendance, you know, when you when you first called your the first crew game 24 years ago? Oh, absolutely not. Nobody knew what to expect. There was a great deal of excitement for sure, but there was a lot of apprehension as well. Could this thing really work? You're at a time when uh, you know social media wasn't what it is today. There weren't a lot of broadcast outlets in the early years. There were only a handful of teams that were doing regular television. So you just you just wondered. You didn't know. And of course, it's been said that heading into year five, that the league was one phone call away from from folding. Right. And, and I was uh, I was about to mention that, Dwight, uh, for your recollections of a point where the crew was propping up the whole league for all practical purposes in the early 2000s. absolutely no question. And you referenced that famous cash call that Lamar Hunt made around the league saying, no, hang in there. And, you know, in 24 hours, they got enough money to remain operational. Yep, no question. I think that other than the formation of the league itself, the most significant moment in MLS history was Lamar's decision to build the stadium. And I think we've all seen what's come of that. But, man, to imagine that this was a league that was going to be going to 30 teams, $100 million stadiums. <laughs> you know, the Mopre Stadium was built for about $30 million, and LAFC just opened a venue for $300 million. Hmm. You know, so nobody knew what to expect. And it really wasn't probably until the Galaxy put in their stadium and then you started to see, okay, maybe there's some traction here. And then finally the networks got behind it. In fact, it was uh, one of the guys at ESPN at one point said, look, we made uh, poker on television popular. We can make soccer work. And now look where we are. So no, 100%, nobody had any idea we would be where we are today. There's still um, an avenue open for you to do some work here. Is that correct, Dwight? Yeah, they uh, and talking with both Tim Miller and, and Tim Bezbachenko, you know, no doors are 
closed. I've been invited to work with uh, Dante Washington. Duncan Outen has been involved on the alumni side of things. So very much keeping all those doors open. And, you know, the 25th anniversary season, you know, new stadium opening next year. You know, we, we in life, sometimes we face choices and we have to do things. And this is not a decision that I wanted to make. You know, I was hopeful that things could play out differently. But as of now, these are the circumstances and I had to do what was best. But, you know, the support from those guys in terms of staying connected to the organization and, and being involved is something I appreciate and I will definitely take advantage of. And I think that Jacobs is correct. They're, they're doing something to acknowledge Dwight at the first home game. They're yeah, they are. Do something. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to. Yeah. They're- they're gonna shine, uh, you're going to shine your head up for that one, Dwight? Uh, <laughs> probably because it's the 1st of March, I'll be wearing a woolly cap. Yeah. But if not, yes, just for you, I will uh, <laughs> I will shine the top of my head. It's shine a the very, very generous offer, and it's going to be very difficult. But I'm sorry, Dwight. <laughs> Is it too early to ask you if, if you found some peace with the end of something here? I actually I have, you know, and I've I've been working with, you know, the doctor so coming off the stroke, it's not simply the the physical part, it's the emotional part, the mental and the challenges you face and, and looking at ways in which you can manage frustration, disappointment, challenge and so forth. So I've done quite a bit of work with my team. Obviously, you know, my wife has has been there every step of the way. And there's always gonna be a part of me that's gonna hurt a little bit over this, but when you learn just how much you've been able to impact a few other people. You focus on that, right? You focus on the positives. You take a couple of deep breaths and you keep moving forward. And my only decision is, do I want to focus on what I'm not doing or the 24 years that I had? And some of the adventures, scaling a wire fence in Costa Rica to plug in my broadcast unit to the only working telephone line in the stadium, stuff like that. Wow. An anecdote of mine sprung to mind, but really no one cares. But lastly, I'd like to ask you what you think of this team now as it's been pieced together by Tim Bezbachenko and Caleb Porter. You have kind of a different view of things now for good or ill. Yeah. What do you think of this roster? I think right now there are more questions than answers. They have certainly moved away from what was in you know 2018 a playoff caliber team obviously the the spate of injuries early in 2019 you know forced some decisions so i think that there is potential there but there's a big difference as you guys all know between having talent and having chemistry and i think that we've seen in some of the best teams over the years greg andrulis leading the team to the open cup title obviously siggy schmidt with mls cup greg berhalter getting to an mls cup those were, and it's one of the things that I hope will come back, America's hardest working team. That was the mantra. That's what they were all about, and taking pieces and making the whole even better. So I think right now, as we enter 2020, as I look at it, we've got a lot of pieces, but I think there are questions about whether or not this collection is going to be able to meld together and be a competitive team You know, at the top level. We're going to find out, but I think there are, as I said, more questions than answers right now. All right, Dwight. Well, Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Tiger up, and we'll see you around. All right. It's my pleasure, guys. Look forward to seeing you all. All right. Peace, Dwight. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on uh, Wednesday the 29th. He's a beautiful man, Dwight Burgess. We wish him the best. I hope we see that shiny head around. Was that the boxer you were singing to him? No, I was singing, yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the speakeasy for today for Patrick Flaherty. That's at the Podfather 2 I'm Michael A. Race, and thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Kick us out of here. Whose phone is that? It's a fine. Fine.